Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He loves football. Spider two snag, not wide, not wide banana, the one he likes. But that's Spider two snag, and he knows what I'm talking about. But using Anquan Bolden as the fullback. Football, football, yeah, football, football. I miss Trent Dilfer on commentary, man. Like nobody loved. Like Brian Baldinger loves football. John Madden loved football. Trent Dilfer. Bleep and loved football. How much does Orlovsky though? Because he he feels to me Ooh, like the new yeah. sort of he's the new improved. Like as far as he's a little bit more articulate than Trent was. Like he's he's more of a thinker in my opinion. But well, he feels because he, he, he wears glasses. Is that why you wear glasses? Are those even like I can't like, see are those. Are those just like fake lenses to make you look smarter? I'm Russell Westbrook. There's nothing inside the lenses. <laughs> no, no, I wear glasses because when I wear my contacts. I can't see up close, and when I take my contacts out, I don't need glasses because I can see up close, but then I can't see far, which all comes with being an older person. By the way, for the audience out there, okay, you can always tell when Judd is about to get real serious <laughs> with a point when big he take. takes the glasses off. And, and then, then puts them right back on. Yep. Big take. Big takes are coming. Big takes. Me and Orlovsky, like, man, thinking, thinking man's it, guide to football. It's like the batter's hitch. Like, you know, like Gary Sheffield's got the little bat flip. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Judd's about to deliver a line drive take when he takes the glasses off. So on today's episode, a few things to get to. Um, Kyle Shanahan still loves Kirk Cousins, which we're going to talk about. We might get to the 17-game schedule discussion, if not today, tomorrow. But Nick Saban said something that we'll play here shortly on evolving as a football coach. And it's got us thinking about, is Mike Zimmer evolving? as a football coach and where would we like to see him evolve more? I can tell you that he's a red wine guy, but maybe he should evolve and drink Corona hard seltzer Declan. That would be the first recommendation. Oh, I would pay very good money, not for just Mike Zimmer to address the bleeping offense and tell his team that we need to evolve the offense, but I'd also pay very good money to cheers a Corona hard seltzer with Mike Zimmer. Cause it's the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes. And I think those pure beach vibes also go to the ranch. I think those uh, vibes are on our are, are Pure Beach ranch vibes as well for Mike Zimmer with all of his bells and whistles out there on the uh, ranch in Kentucky. Corona Hard Seltzer is the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes with refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor. 
That allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. And also, too, uh, just a huge thank you. We've had over 1,000 new registered users on the Score North app in the month of March, which is like our second biggest month ever since we launched the app a few years ago. So uh, it's, if people ask, like, what's, the, what's the one thing I can do to help support you guys and to, to help keep this train moving at Purple Daily and Score North? Well, just listening or watching to our shows and supporting our sponsors is number one. But I would say downloading the Score North app and using it, whether it's listening to our podcasts or reading Judd's work, or getting those push notifications for breaking news. Thank you to everyone who has supported us with the Score North app. All right, let's play this clip here. This is this is Nick Saban, so old Codger football coach, one of the greatest football coaches of all time, and and he's talking about the difference in strategy years ago versus now and his evolution as a coach. Like I grew up with the idea that you play good defense, you run the ball. You control vertical field position on special teams, and you're going to win. Whoever rushes the ball the most for the most yards is going to win the game. You're not going to win anything now doing that. Because, A, the way the spread is, the way the rules are to run RPOs, the way the rules are that you can block downfield and throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, I mean, those rules have changed college football. And – no huddle fastball has changed college football. So I changed my philosophy about five or six years ago. I, and well, it was more than that. When Lane came here, we said, we got to outscore him. Now he's talking obviously about college football and there are differences <laughs> between college and the NFL, but I just found it really interesting that, and it, and it really shows you why Nick Saban has had this long peak career because he's able to look at, the things that worked during one era and the things that might work in a different and pivot almost entirely. So off of what you just heard from Nick Saban, Judd, do you feel like Mike Zimmer is an evolver at coach? Do you feel like he needs to evolve more? What, what does Mike Zimmer need to do and how does he need to evolve to be a Super Bowl winning coach in your mind? So off Saban's point though, where college football and, and pro football aren't that different is this. A few years back, like 10 years ago, college was changing. And, and I remember at the time talking when I was on the Vikings beat talking to Spielman about this. I said, how do you scout college players? Because your game is different than their game. What I didn't know at the time and where this has all sort of come full circle is that the the pro game has adopted a lot of the college game. I always thought the pro game would set the tone and the college game would follow or potentially do its own thing. But I think what, what happened as far as scouting players is um, the pro game started to adopt what the college game had because those players, the skill sets, fit different things. So so Saban's point about the two or about – I'm talking about college football is really now translating more and more, I think, to the pros. And has Mike Zimmer adapted? Well, that's a loaded question, and the answer is very simple. Not nearly enough. And look, if you're going to be successful now – you can't be stubborn. You can't put your foot down and, and, and scream and whine and moan about the game is changing. It can't change. I believe in trying to possess the football and run the football and defense. Those things are important, but the game has evolved and changed. And the game has changed largely to what the college game 
started to introduce probably 10 to 15 years back now. And what Saban's saying is very, very smart. It's absolutely correct, and I think it's what keeps coaches like Nick Saban relevant today. Mike Zimmer continues to fight that. I I mean, I can't sit here and tell you for one second that I believe that Mike has changed a lot from the guy who took over the Vikings in 2014. And in the last seven years now, the National Football League game, Phil, has definitely changed and evolved. And has Mike changed with that and been willing to, which is the most important thing, are you willing to adapt your philosophies, which, by the way, might be well-intentioned and some might work for a long time, but are you willing to adapt those philosophies to where the game is at now? And the Vikings clearly are not, which is why I keep coming back to one clear thing. In 2014, Zimmer, in my opinion, was hired based on this. We don't have Rodgers. We don't have Stafford. And at the time, if you're Spielman, you don't have Cutler. We can't find that guy. So what we want to do is hire a coach that can stop them. And Zimmer could do that and did a pretty damn good job and still can at times, okay? But that was seven years ago. And now the game has changed more. And now, basically, there is nothing that Saban says, for the most part, the key takeaways from what the soundbite that we just heard, that doesn't apply in some way to the National Football League today now. And has Mike adapted and changed with those things? No. He has had a quarterback shoved down his throat, who I don't think he likes. The Vikings still are trying to protect that that guy. There is, as we do this show today, no left side of the offensive line. And so the soundbite that we played, Nick Saban lays out exactly why coaches who believed one thing have to evolve and change. And Mike Zimmer is a very stubborn man who I think is a good football coach. But I don't think for one second he has done what Saban talked about doing five years back. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the biggest standout comment there from Saban, I think, was you know he – he he sets up his his comment by saying, "I came into the league or I came into coaching with the mindset that the team that runs the ball the best plays the best defense and then wins the special team field position if you can just get you know more more vertical." He said, "Vertical field position advantage in especially but defense and run the ball. Whoever does that the best is going to win." And then and then he literally laughed. He laughed. He said, "And I mean, you're not winning anything doing that." Yep. In, in 2021. Now, I think in the NFL, when you just like you get the top, top, most talented players in the world. And so you can run various types of schemes that might be less efficient than others. And still, because you have good players, you're not going to go two and 14 because you have a bad scheme. Like it's more of a players league than a scheme league. But scheme is what gets you from being maybe eight and eight to 11 and five. Right. Um, and so I think I think two things. Number one. Mike Zimmer is still pretty brilliant, even though the rules and the game as it's evolved has sort of gone against the grain of defense wins. It's not that defense is irrelevant, it's just a lot harder to build a team based on defense because of the rules and because of different things. I mean, like 30, 40 years ago, you could head slap an offensive lineman if you're a defensive lineman. I mean, like you could you could you could tee off on quarterbacks a beat after they threw the ball and send a message to them as recently as ten years ago. Remember that game in the NFC championship? Brett Favre got hit multiple times with no penalties after he was already rid of the ball, right? So, like, even in the last 10 years, your advantages on defense, being able to intimidate and punish, and boy, if you just, you know, what's the thing that Greg Williams said? If you lop off the head, you'll kill the snake or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. 
you could still sort of do that 10 years ago. It's it's a testament how Mike how good Mike Zimmer is at the thing that he knows that the Vikings are still competitive with a less than efficient way of going about it. And so um I would say in terms of evolution the number one thing that they can do and, and and this has to be a Mike Zimmer edict and a Mike Zimmer change in mindset. The Vikings are one of the most conservative offensive play calling teams in the NFL. According to sharpfootball.com, in short yardage situations, so three yards to go or less on any down, any down, three yards to go or less, the Vikings ran the ball 70% of the time last year. I think only two other teams ran the ball more in those situations, and one of them was Baltimore because their running numbers are skewed. Lamar Jackson runs right. more than any quarterback, so they might call a pass play and he runs, or they're just going to use him as a runner because he's Lamar Jackson, right? So... I almost put Baltimore in a different bin. How about this? In the red zone, the Vikings, so conservative. The Vikings run the ball 60% of the time in the red zone. When the field is more condensed, it's actually harder to break runs in the red zone because everything's more condensed, right? Mm-hmm. You're not stretching. You can't, like, leverage play action the way that you could in the middle of the field and get a wide open C in the middle. So I think in terms of evolution, offensively, and I know that Mike doesn't love to think about offense. He loves to hire someone to run the offense, and then he'll just pop in and tell them hand off more. But there's some things they can change without overhauling the scheme and without overhauling you know, the entire roster. They could work within their current scheme to just be more aggressive in short-yarded situations when your whole playbook is open and in the red zone, and maybe that'll take you from 11th in points to 5th in points if you can find a left side of the offensive line. So that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of things that Mike Zimmer can do to evolve. Yeah, but I, I think what Saban was talking about there is bigger picture than that as well, though, because I think he's talking about your fundamental philosophy as a football coach has to have changed but by now to be successful in football in 2021. And so you're right, Phil. I agree with all the things that you just pointed out, but I think it's bigger than that. I think it is a... a as much as this would pain Mike, I think he needs to go in and say, okay, this is going to have to start with offense. Like the defense is incredibly important, and I'm not saying that you, you can be as bad as the Vikings were on defense in 2020. You can't be. But your day, you can't wake up now as a football coach and, you know, have been dreaming about defense. And then you wake up and you eat defense pancakes. And then you go get your defense newspaper. What, like, what, what do de- what do defense pancakes look like? Oh, they're is it, is, are they just like is it the D in the fence like you? Like well, they, and they're also <laughs> they're also sort of tough. Like they got sinewy. Like you got chew through them, but you got they're like overcooked. defensive syrup on them, so they're like all mashed up. And I mean they're ugly, and they're probably fat pancakes too. They're nose tackle pancakes. But that's Football. but that's the thing. But, I mean, what Saban's saying is right, and it's very intriguing. But he is saying, I've changed my philosophy. Like, that's the that's the difference here. I've changed my philosophy on how this works to win championships. And yeah. I I think he's a 1,000% right. I mean, I think so he I, nailed it. I think Mike Zimmer's dream, like, if you could say, all right, Mike, script your perfect ending to a season. It would be the Mike Zimmer defensively stout Vikings meet the Andy Reid offensive wizardry, Pat Mahomes-led Chiefs in the Super Bowl, right? Okay. And and they would go toe-to-toe, and Mike Zimmer would spend three hours flustering Pat Mahomes, 
holding the Chiefs to like 260 yards of total offense, and they grind to get to 14 points, and you win that game 20-14 to 14 by just playing ball control and schematically and, and personnel-wise stifling that offense. I think, like, I think he, like, he loves stifling Rodgers, right? He loves oh, yeah. Yeah, this like, game. The, the, the Cam Newton game a few years ago where he, like, yep. Cam, I think Cam was sacked, like, seven times or eight times in that game and threw a couple picks. Like, mm-hmm. that is, like, that is Mike's adult dream, right? Like, he dims the lights. Football puts porn. smooth jazz on, and his football porn is sacking Cam Newton eight times and getting Aaron Rodgers flustered and breaking his collarbone on a borderline hit, right? Like, I just don't know. Like, think about all the things that have to happen. Your your entire defense has to stay healthy. Guys have to basically be in their primes, gelling at the same time, and then you have to put together a perfect scheme. And, like, the Vikings sort of had that opportunity with a defensive first mindset in 2017. And, like, here it is. Here's the big stage. And you're not even playing MVP candidate Carson Wentz. You're playing their backup quarterback in Philadelphia, right? Yep. And Mike Zimmer's defense got smoked yep. in part because of scheme. But also it's just it's a lot easier for a for an offensive mastermind with great offensive chess pieces to outfox and to outplay a defensive mastermind with defensive chess pieces in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. And so I, I you know, I, I think sometimes people go too far and they're like, you know, defense doesn't matter and you need to be defense still absolutely matters, but it's just a lot harder for it to be your main conduit to winning games um than it than it was maybe when Mike Zimmer took over seven years ago. Well and here's I guess here's where I'm confused by what they're doing and, and it it um basically brings out what Saban is saying as making even more sense, okay? I've got an offense that has, like him or not, Kirk Cousins is a statistically good quarterback, okay? I've got Dalvin Cook for you. Thielen, who is good. Justin Jefferson, an emerging superstar potentially. Like, this kid might be damn good. He sure looks it. Irv Smith Jr., who I think is a developing tight end who I like. Long story short, if you worked for the Vikings. Wouldn't you sit down with that list and be like, how can we surround these guys with the best talent possible to do what helps teams win championships right now? Like if the starting yeah, point was yeah. our offense sucks. <laughs> like if my starting point was, yeah, your running back stinks and your wide receivers are, I might say to myself, oh boy, got to win with defense, right? Like got to, no choice. But I just gave you a list of skill position guys who are pretty damn good. How is the philosophy not, holy cow, let's surround them with basically linemen. Let's surround them with the best people possible. Because do you know how much damage that we can do to opposing defenses if yeah. we do this right? Yeah. It would be, in fact, it would be fun just like think about it as a thought experiment, right? Like, wouldn't it be fun to see, okay, this offense showed you some major signs last year, especially after the one and five start. What could it look like if you had gone all in? Offensive line, like the draft coming up, a third wide receiver, a more pass-heavy version of the offensive scheme. It would be fun to see that. I don't think we're going to at this point. Here's the other thing on my on my Mike Zimmer evolution checklist, and it's it's less of an evolution, and it's more of, I think it, this is probably more of an end result that needs to change. So Zimmer, since taking over as Vikings head coach, is 14-34 and 34 against winning teams. 
14 and 34 against winning teams. And of course, well, yeah, like they're winning teams. They're good teams. You're, you know, beat up on the bad teams and, and try and do what you can against the winning teams. So how does it compare against other coaches? Well, Andy Reid is 500 against winning teams. Pete Carroll is 500 against winning teams. Mike Tomlin is 49 and 42 against winning teams. Uh-huh. Sean McVay is 500 against winning teams. Mike Vrabel with Tennessee is 500 against winning teams. And so you start to unpack that. Well, well, why is that? Well, with Andy Reid, it helps that Pat Mahomes has been his quarterback for the last few years. Now, he was 500 against winning teams also with Alex Smith. So so some of it is just Andy Reid is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson definitely helps. But Sean McVay hasn't had elite quarterback play. Mike Vrabel, I think really you could say he's had like borderline elite quarterback play, but because they've developed and they've they've sort of changed a system and have gotten the most out of Ryan Tannehill. So I, I almost credit Mike Vrabel and his offensive staff and he loves to run. for Ryan Tannehill, right? Yeah. They also love to run, but they also maximize their passing game um, probably even more than the Vikings the last three years. Very similar style, though. We'll see what happens with Tennessee. But 14-34 and 34 against winning teams is a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. And now if you now if you gave Mike Zimmer Russell Wilson, would that record be better? Yes, it would, because Kirk is also bad against winning teams. And those two guys together are sort of a recipe for losing to winning teams the, the last three years. But the, prob, but the problem comes back to the Saban quote. If you gave Mike Russell Wilson, for instance, okay, he wouldn't see it like we do, which is, oh, my God, how can I build out my offense even more? He would say it'll take care of itself. Like Cousins, I'm still convinced Cousins was foisted on him. Like he's never embraced Cousins. He's never, and say what you will about Kirk. But if I'm given Kirk, I'm going to protect his blind side as best as I possibly can. So I don't know that Mike has the capacity. I mean, I really think that he lives, breathes, and eats defense. And I don't think it's going to change. Unfortunately, the game is, has pivoted largely, especially since he got here, has gone largely towards offense. The Vikings right now, Phil, have what would amount to, offensively, a really good fantasy team. Like, they have a really good fantasy team. But the Vikings, much like, and the the difference is, if you own a uh, fantasy team, the difference is this. The Vikings are supposed to build it out around those skill position guys. A fantasy owner doesn't have to worry about that. So, you know, if, you, if you've got Cousins and Cook and Thielen and Jefferson and Irv Smith, you're like, this is pretty good. I'm pretty good. But you don't have to worry about the tackles and the guards and the center. The Vikings do. I, so I don't know that Mike would take advantage. I don't know that Mike would even care about what you're talking about, which is, man, could I pivot a little bit because I've got this guy? I think he wants yeah. it. We, when Mike hired North Turner to be his OC back in 2014, we both applauded it, I think, because we both said, good for him. He's not afraid to hire a veteran offensive coach who's been a head coach, which he at the time had not been, and it looked like a really empowering move. In retrospect now, after observing all that we've seen from OCs and guys coming and going and being fired or being or quitting, in retrospect now, I think it was much more of a, I don't want to have to worry about it, besides basically saying, let's run more. I agree with that. <laughs> Which is, but I mean, I never, he, yeah. at the time, I never thought be, of it like that. He wants to be, he, I mean, more evolution, right? Like Nick Saban 
is the CEO of all of Alabama football. And, and Mike Zimmer is still sort of like the senior vice president of defense. And I just like just someone else can go run this. I'll, I'll definitely like CC me on the offensive emails and include me on the Zoom invites. And I'll pop in once in a while. But you guys got it handled. Just ah, just 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 CC all of my emails and make it happen. Um, on the Kirk front, we're going to we're going to play a clip here for you that sort of sort of interesting and. Uh, and begs another question, but a shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, helping business owners for over a hundred years. They've been a supporter of Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd for a number of years too, and they really pride themselves on the success of the businesses that they partner with. You can find out more about how Federated and My Shield, also, which is a new product that they launched uh, very recently. You can find out how MyShield and Federated can help protect your business, give you peace of mind, risk management tools by going to federatedinsurance.com. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Also, speaking of speaking, protecting, okay, like you want to make sure you're protecting your smartphone, your tablet, whatever you're watching us on or listening to us on. Uh, let's say, yeah, uh, let's say you get strip sacked and that phone has a crack in it. It happens. Well, that's where Wamatech <laughs> comes in. Wamatech is a trusted supplier of pre-owned cell phones, tablets, and laptops, and new accessories. Also, wholesale prices are available when you purchase 10 or more devices, so something to keep in mind. Uh, they source pre-owned devices directly and pass the savings on to you guys. Uh, so, Wamatech. Wamatech is spelled W-A-M-A-T-E-K dot com. Local company, Minnesota, here to help you with whatever you need uh, when it comes to buying, selling, and trading in devices. All right, so we... It, Dex, you want to set this up for us? Kyle Shanahan talking about the long-lost love of his life. I would say that's a pretty good way to sum it up. This is him at a press conference. It's a little lengthy, but it just goes to show, um, was Kirk Cousins the one that got away? And then we'll have a pretty definitive answer. That's a rhetorical question. We'll have a pretty definitive answer after this clip. To say that my prototypical guy is someone like Kirk Cousins, I mean, that's just... Everyone knows my history with Kirk. We drafted him in the fourth round of Washington. I got to coach him for three games. Um, we were fired. I left. Thought we'd have a chance to get him here in free agency. Um, and I would have loved to have him in free agency until Jimmy came along the year before. Because I thought we could have won with him. Um, just like Minnesota has. Just like um, I think Kirk does a good job for whatever team he plays for every year. Um, there's a number of quarterbacks like that. Um, but to, that's the only one I've been associated with because people thought I was trying to bring him here, which I was at the time. It's not because that's how you draw it up. Um, if you're going to draw it up, you're going to draw the, the biggest, fastest, strongest, and best quarterback um, in the pocket. So I think that's pretty ridiculous to say that. But I also tell you, I love Kirk. Kirk's, I know I'm not allowed to talk about other players, but I, <laughs> he, Kirk's a hell of a player. And a lot of people would be lucky to have a quarterback like that. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Is it? Oh, like, my God. Like, they, 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 you wanted him so bad. That's like at the rehearsal dinner. And you somehow are, we're good friends with the bride to be that, and you guys have a past love history. And someone's like, "Hey, uh, Dax, you still love her?" And you give him that answer. It's like, well, that's awkward. Like that's Dude, a little weird. He, he, he literally is like, "I know I'm not allowed to talk about other players, but I mean, come, but, on, but come we, on, look, our cousins. I mean, we have we have reviewed rom coms where the chemistry is not as good <laughs> as it is between Kyle and Kirk. There is no. I mean, if that's not McConaughey and somebody, I, I don't know what is. Dude, that is that is hilarious. Um, so, okay, a lot of people get on us, and I'm sure we'll hear it after this episode too, because 
you know, is Kirk living in your head rent free? Like, uh, no, we, we, we like to talk about the most influential and prominent position in all of Minnesota sports. It's an interesting subject to us. If it's, if, if the quarterback of the Vikings is not an interesting subject to you, this might not be the show for you. Okay. We're, we're going to talk a lot, whether it's now in the future, whether Kirk's the guy or we did guards else last week, talk, we did we tackles did. last meat and potatoes last week, baby. Yes. So I think I think anyone who is wondering what is all this Niners Cousins stuff that you guys keep talking about? I mean, he Kyle Shanahan literally just went full public with it right there yesterday in a press conference. So do you think? Well, two <laughs> things. I know you but you've been saying, and I and I believe you on this, that there's just educated speculation, not even reckless, educated that with all the conversations about quarterbacks this offseason, the Niners have been just all over the place looking for a uh-huh. replacement for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they, hell, they just traded up to number three. Like, they've been kicking the tires all offseason. That there was a discussion between the Niners and the Vikings about Kirk Cousins this offseason, and the Vikings presumably said no or there was a disagreement on the price, all right? Did the Vikings make a mistake if they turned down a first-round pick for Kirk Cousins this offseason? Oh, if they turned down a first-round pick, then yes, they they did. I have no evidence that they did that, though. I don't know. So it's safe to say that San Fran, in, in its quest to find its QB, called the Vikings probably more than once, okay? But I have no clue if they said we'll give you our first round pick or what they said for Kirk. I'll, I'll and- bet you this is this is reckless speculation. Just to preface, I'm, this is not me reporting. The fact that they gave up that much, they gave up what three first round picks to get to number three. Yep. To, to presumably draft, I don't know, Justin Fields or who you know who, whoever they're looking Mac to draft, Jones, Mac maybe. Jones, right? Um, or or it could be um, Trey Lance. I almost can guarantee you that they would have rather have given up just the twelfth pick for Kirk Cousins than give up all of that for the third quarterback off the board. And the Vikings, I think, I think I'm not reporting. I think the Vikings said no to the twelfth overall pick for Kirk Cousins. Okay, well, I think the Vikings definitely said no. I I think San Fran called a few times and said, "Are you sure? You sure about that?" But there is, but to go back to the. Um, quote that we, we just played to the soundbite from Kyle Shanahan. There is now no question. Like if you were saying, eh, yeah, he liked Kirk at one time, but he just basically gave a soliloquy on how much he loves Kirk. He wanted Kirk. They wanted Kirk. In, in Kyle's mind, right or wrong, Kirk was going to run that offense exactly as Shanahan saw fit. And remember, the important distinction to draw between, first of all, Garoppolo was sort of foisted on Kyle. So it was not a, that's my guy. It was a, we got this guy. The other thing is the thing that Kirk has going for him when it comes to the battle or potential battle between Cousins and Garoppolo is very simple. Kirk doesn't get hurt. Like one thing San Francisco is sick and tired of, and they're right because it gets to be old after a while, Garoppolo never stays healthy. Like look at the games missed, you guys. It's off the charts. Kirk Cousins doesn't miss games. And I think that is a starting point of of stability that Shanahan really, really wants. And I think one of the one of the primary reasons why Garoppolo is going to lose this job soon, if not immediately, is because of the fact that the games missed have meant that they have turned to whom for like the last two years. Oh, we got this guy from, you know, we got this backup. No, let's try this backup. 
at some point in time, if you are going to run Kyle Shanahan's offense, your availability becomes the most important thing, and Kirk Cousins stays on the field. Yeah, it's true, and I think that's probably, you know, Kyle Shanahan, um, I believe him when he talks positively about Jimmy Garoppolo, but when Jimmy Garoppolo is not available and it's like Nick Mullins or whatever that's, is yeah. that's what I'm starting to. QB, like the fact that they're still going, you know, I think they went like, Nine and seven, or I mean, seven and nine. Did they flirt with five hundred last year with Nick Mullins playing half the season? Yeah, I mean, they're dude. they're a good team, but man, I just sort of I go down this path of all right. If they would have, if they had an offer for the twelfth overall pick, and maybe maybe Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer were on the same page and said, "Wow, we could, boy, we could sort of hit the reset button here, and we could get a rookie quarterback in. Maybe we'd have we'd have trade chips to move up. I mean, you'd have." The 12th and the 14th, you can move up to three like San Francisco did. Might have to give up a future first-round pick or two, but, like, you have options. Yep. And um, I think it would make sense then, piecing together the athletic story from last week, that the Wilfs would have been turning their head a little sideways saying, well, that's all good and fine, but we want to win next year and go to the playoffs, and so... Are you guys proposing a step back, a reset, a rebuild? Like and, you guys, you, I'll, we'll fire you guys. Like, and I, you told <laughs> us that Kirk was the guy, and now you're telling us yeah. he's not. I mean, there are a lot of things, and flat out, it might not be fair, but flat out, if you own this team and you were told three years ago Kirk was the guy, and then a year ago extended him, and the track record of your GM is he drafted Ponder, which was a complete bust. He drafted Teddy, who got hurt, and that's too bad. But you also might say, so hold on a second here. You're telling me that you're going to trade for pick 12. And you're going to take 12 and 14 and move up to three and take, you know, not the top available QB because he's going to Jacksonville. Wilson has definitely jumped up to two. So you're sort of going to take a shot at three now, huh? You're going to take a shot at three and there's nothing in your history that says, going back to Rick's time in Miami, you've been successful there? Personally, I make the trade. But I could see the Wilfs, who are way more fans than football insiders, also saying, what's the message here and why should we trust you? Yeah, it's it's definitely complicated. And I, now here's here's another question for you. As as the, the Kirk hater that you are, Declan and I are just have always been supportive yeah, of the Vikings fan. starting quarterback. Yeah, You've always been the one that takes us oh, into no the question. negative. No question. Um, and so now that you've got one of the brightest offensive minds in the NFL, 100% on the record, Kyle Shanahan saying, I don't care if I'm going to get in trouble for tampering with someone else's player. I love Kirk Cousins. I think he's a wonderful player, and I think he helps teams win games. Yep. Do you change your opinion? Do you like what? What Kyle Shanahan loves him, so he's one of the smartest offensive minds in the NFL. Why? Do, why do you hate him, Judd Zilgad? Well, first of all, I have been riding on horseback to Kirk's defense now for like two weeks. If you would listen to me, because I'm hey, I'm here, here I come to save Kirk's day. So here, here's why. Here's why I actually think what Kyle's saying might have merit. It might have merit, and he might be exactly right. Because Kyle would surround Kirk with the stew Kirk needs to at least fail on Kirk's terms. My problem, part of my problem or, or, here... Or get to the next level well, of right, Kirk's right, abilities. Right, he might fail, but he might not fail. But if you look, the marriage of Zimmer and Kirk Cousins doesn't work. 
It doesn't, or he's not. Zimmer Zimmer thinks, okay, we're paying our QB this much. Put him on autopilot and turn him loose. He doesn't have the ability to do that. Kyle sees a player who needs to be cultivated and who needs to be surrounded. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the San Francisco 49ers have an idea of who the left side of their offensive line is. In fact, they've got a pretty good one. So I think Kirk could succeed there. And I think Kirk could succeed here if he was surrounded with the right people and and, and, and elements. But he's not. And no one seems to care to do it for him. Um, if I liked Kirk more personally, I would actually feel empathy for Kirk. But I think Kirk loves himself so much that it doesn't matter. But seriously, like, look at look at this. Look at what the Vikings aren't concerned about. And look at what they are concerned about. And then you tell me, is Kirk Cousins, and I say this, I say this in defense of Kirk, is Kirk Cousins in Minnesota being put in a position to succeed? Yep. What you just said is the one thing that whether whether you are in the Kirk Cousins cult or whether you are a Kirk Cousins hater or you fall somewhere in between, I think the one thing we can all agree on is what you just said, which is at no point has he ever been put in a fully stocked kitchen with all the ingredients that he needs as a chef, right? He's not, like, he's been given a lot now, he's been given a lot of ingredients. And I do take issue with I think sometimes people make it seem like oh my god, he just has nothing. He's just like he's this amazing quarterback and he just he's never has anything around him. It's like oh, a lot of quarterbacks would be very very envious of Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph in the red zone. Like, you know, a lot, a lot, of, you know, a lot of guys would the, – the play-action system that plays into his greatest strength, okay? Like, there's a lot of things that he does have, but he's never really had the full attention of the front office building an offensive line. They've always had bottom five pass protection since he's been here, right? So if the Vikings or somebody else wants to give him all of those ingredients and, and just go all in on a Kirk-centric offense and personnel – I would be curious to see what his next level is. Maybe he can win a Super Bowl if you give him all those things. The Vikings clearly haven't to this point, at least until now. Like they can still find a left tackle in the bargain bin, and maybe they can draft somebody. But um, it it was it, just to put a bow on it. It was very interesting hearing Kyle Shanahan just say, "Screw it, I'm going on the record. I love this guy, and I don't care if I get in trouble for tampering." So, well, we'll see what happens. But you know what? The key for Kyle is this one. And he said it himself, three games, right? He said, I, I had him for three games, and he got fired. That is the sample size that is so enticing about Kirk. Because, I mean, think about it. If I gave you a three-game, if Phil, if I sat you down and showed you a three-game Kirk sample size, I could find, th- you know, you, you might say to yourself, holy cow, there's something here. But when I expand it, you're like, oh, boy, there's some problems here. Yeah, um, if we but, ignore, the, ignore the Falcons game, yeah, right? ignore the Green Bay game. Where I have a problem with what the Vikings are doing is is it's frustrating to watch a team that signs a quarterback to a contract this big and then almost holds the contract against him instead of trying to help him. Yeah, And, like, right now, it's almost like active sabotaging. Yeah. No, it is, it is. yeah. I, I'm going to let the offseason play out for another month, but as of right now, it's it almost kind of feels like, all right, well, you didn't want to restructure, so you don't get a left side of yeah. the offensive line. <laughs> it right. feels like it. I mean, probably not yeah. true, but it feels like it. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's save the – we'll save the 17-game schedule. We have takes on the 17-game schedule, which we'll get to tomorrow, maybe after Write That Down Predictions. But appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Daily Vikings Entertainment on Purple Daily. 
You can always follow all of us on Instagram or Twitter. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow for some mostly incorrect predictions on Write That Down.